Did you know that there are over 65 million Gen Xers, yet so few financial advisors focus on Gen X? Why? It's because you aren't rich. Yet. Welcome to the Gen X Money Advisor with Michael Labus, certified financial planner, certified college funding specialist, and founder of Gen X Wealth Partners. This podcast focuses on the specific needs of Gen Xers by a Gen Xer. Get ready to explore topics that will help you get your retirement on track, maximize your dollar towards your child's education, and successfully manage aging parents. We will even sprinkle in a little health and wellness, travel and leisure, and time and stress management. Come and experience the expertise of Michael and his special guests who focus on enhancing the quality of your life today and in the future. Now, on to the show. Markets go up and markets go down. How you react can make a difference to the bottom line of your financial statement. Now, your host, Michael Labus, has some thoughts on choppy markets, just like the ones we seem to be experiencing now. I'm Patrice Sikora. Michael, this is not the first volatile market that Gen Xers have experienced, but I'm thinking it may be the first time they've really paid attention. What do you think? I would agree with you 100%. And thank you for that introduction. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be focusing on how Gen X can survive and thrive in a bear market. And after listening to this podcast, my goal is that you walk away with some actionable strategies that are easy to implement and also give you the confidence knowing that you are taking action and going on the offensive. So I thought a logical place for us to start today would be some questions that I'm actually getting from clients and prospects and just people, you know, in everyday mm -hmm. conversation. And the first question that I get a lot is, what is a bear market? So the textbook definition of a bear market is when the market drops over 20% from its recent highs. But now, wait a minute, when you say the markets too, you've got to, I think, break it out a little bit. You've got You've got the Dow Industrials, you've got the Dow Transports, you've got the S&P 500, you've got NASDAQ. I mean, these are all different measurements. I know. It's confusing, right? So when I say the market, personally, I look at the S&P 500 as the barometer. The Dow Jones, for educational purposes, is 30 stocks that are supposed to represent the American economy. So it's a good representation, but it's not a pure representation. And the NASDAQ is heavily weighted in technology, so that indice is skewed. But if you want to talk about uh, what's going on right now, the S&P went into a bear market last week. Mm -hmm. The NASDAQ has been in a bear market. But as you can see, the news and the media just now announced that we're in a bear market because they too view the S&P as the barometer. So we're technically in a bear market right now. So the follow-up question I get is, how long does a bear market last? <laughs> Until it ends. That's a great answer. Uh, you're never going to be wrong with that one. But I went back and I did some research. And on average, they take a little less than a year to bottom. So we made our highs in December. It's almost June or is June. So maybe we're halfway there. 
in terms of the bottoming process, historically speaking, on an average basis. And then from there, it takes about one and a half years to recover. So from full, for the full cycle of a bear market, we're looking around two and a half years. Okay. I then have been getting a lot of people ask me, well, what causes a bear market? Now, each bear market has an identity. And uh, for those of us who remember 2000, it was the tech bubble. And I definitely remember the 2008, mm. and that was the housing bubble. And in 2020, we all remember the coronavirus. And if I was going to try to give this one a name, personally, I would call it the great revaluation. <laughs> And when I say that, people kind of give me the look like, what does that even mean? So stocks right now are dropping, in my opinion, because they have become overvalued, fueled by low interest rates, excess stimulus, supply chain constraints, global conflict, and speculation. And that's a lot to take. But when you look at that list, it's interesting because a lot of that, I think, is Mm self-inflicted. But that's another discussion for another day. So with that background in place, the meat of this podcast is to talk about what do we do? How do we navigate these troubled waters? And the main point of this is that I want you to focus on things that you can control. It's very easy to try to control things that we can't control. We can't control the market. We have no control over that whatsoever. But there are things that we can do that can actually take advantage of what the market is giving us right now. And especially for Gen X, it's time to get on the offensive and not on the defensive. And I'll, I'll go a little bit into that just now. You know, bear markets, say, go ahead. I was going to say, this one thing that, that people can control, and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, is their emotions. Oh, yeah. Talk to your financial advisor. Use them as a backstop. That's what they're there for. Yeah, it's an amazing concept, but a lot of people don't. Uh, now, I have had clients call me, and I have reached out to clients, but you would think that my phone would be ringing off the hook, and it hasn't. That might be based upon the age of my clients, the confidence that they have in what we're doing. It might have been the that I've done such a great job managing their money that they're not worried at all. That's my hope. But the reality is that people have questions. And I'm going to give you some ideas here to, to implement on your own or to talk to your advisor about, or you could call me to talk about. So as you stated, number one, remove emotion out of the equation. And you have to consider your own situation because the first culprit is the media. Block out the media. Just, you know, when you're watching the news and something bad happens, people tend to watch it more. They put sometimes I think they push fear because people fear fear sells. People watch things because, oh, what's going on? Oh, this looks bad. If they said to us, yeah, well, you know, yeah, we're in a bear market, but if you just sit back and do nothing in the next two and a half years, you'll be fine. No one would watch that. That'd be boring. So the media their job is to sell and get ratings 
And trust me, they're not taking your specific situation into consideration. They are making bold, blind statements that may or may not pertain to you. But now devil's advocate here. Okay. Shouldn't you make it a point to get information about yes. the markets and what's happening? Oh, without a doubt. You have to put that information through your own situation though. So yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that the market's not, you know, it's doing poorly right now, but we understand that that's part of investing. The markets go up, they go down, but how does that impact your specific situation? So yeah, the media, they give advice, they give information, but you need to put that through your own lens. Second one, don't listen to the expert neighbor. <laughs> it's you can appease them and hear them out. For the most part, they probably are just regurgitating something they heard on the news to make themselves sound smart. Being honest, I, I'm a, I talk to people all day about finance, and I'll just strike up a conversation with someone and let them go on their topics. And I say to myself, I read that, heard that on the news or because I watch CNBC, I watch Fox Business, I watch Bloomberg, I watch you know Yahoo Finance, anything in my eyes and I'm reading, I, I'm, I'm barons. So we're all reading the same things and that's what they're doing. They're just taking something they heard and they are going to be just telling you that to make themselves sound smart. Trust me, they don't know any more than you do. Don't panic and take a step back. Uh, there's a saying that selling begets selling. So if you sell, that's going to make your neighbors scared and they're going to sell, which is going to make their friends scared. And then they're going to sell. And then all we have is a bunch of selling. And you see that manifest itself in a bear market, in, a, in a, an event called capitulation. It's when the market's just, they've had so much selling that it kind of washes itself free of it. And that's when the recovery can happen. I would, uh, there, I'm going to share a, a, an analogy because I think it's one that's timely. And mm. I don't know if it's in good taste or not, but I'm going to say it because I think it's, uh, uh, we can understand it. Sure. I'm going to take a risk. In terms of coronavirus, we had these, these um, mutations and different strains and through these mutations, the virus became less and less deadly, but more contagious. And I think one of the best things that happened in that was that the Omicron became the dominant strain, less deadly, more contagious, more people got it, yes, but less people died. And now it's on the, hopefully coronavirus is on the way out. It might be here for long, it might be here forever, but less and less um, potent. I see where you're going. Yeah, go ahead. So same thing with the market. For the market to correct itself, you need to just get out of its system. Like just mm -hmm. everybody sell. Great. Awesome. Now the market can recover. So as painful as it sounds, we want capitulation. You saw it in March of 20. There's going to be a point where someone's going to say, ooh, this stock is valuable. This, I like this price. At, I'm going to buy it. And that's when the recovery happens. So don't panic, take a step back. Don't get emotional panic selling because as comfortable as that feels at the time, um, it's going to you know, be counterproductive. 
And then the last thing you can do if you're feeling emotional is to talk to your advisor. Like you said, this is why you hire an advisor. It's for times like this. Honestly, in terms of managing money in a bull market, an advisor is not going to do a whole lot in terms of adding value. In a bear market, that's where your advisor proves his value. It's protecting yourself from yourself. It's got you through the processes so that you don't make emotional decisions that can have give you near-term comfort, but long-term pain. Mm-hmm. So talk to your advisor and take their advice. So that's the one big thing is this is definitely an emotional time and it's tough to take the emotion out of it, but you can do it. Another thing that we can control is our risk tolerance. And I have my clients take a risk tolerance questionnaire because this is the one thing that you have total control over, the amount of risk you are taking. And if you are feeling queasy, uneasy with this market, my suggestion is that you take another risk tolerance questionnaire to confirm your score. I have found that scores skew more aggressive in a bull market and they skew more conservative in a bear market. But if you're, if you're taking the appropriate risk to who you are as an investor, you should be comfortable with both the upside potential and the downside potential. And if you're not comfortable right now, that's telling you and it's telling your should tell your advisor that your risk tolerance score isn't mm-hmm. accurate. And I think sometimes we talk ourselves into being an, an investor that we want to be. And all you're doing is kidding yourself. So retake a questionnaire. And if you score lower, that's probably who you are. And that's okay. You can plan around that. But I have met people who tell me right off the bat, they're aggressive and they score really conservative. And I have the opposite occur as well. So just be honest with yourself and answer the questions to the best of your ability because you want that accurate score because this is where the advisor is going to manage your assets towards. And if you're not being truthful you could be in a situation like today where you're uneasy about the portfolio's performance because you're really not comfortable with the downside potential. That's okay, but just be honest with yourself because you can control this. Uh, another thing that we can or should be doing and to take advantage of this market volatility is what we call dollar cost averaging. So for those of you have a 401k, you're probably making contributions every paycheck. And that's a good thing. Dollar cost averaging is basically investing systematically over time. And by doing so, you're going to get a time-weighted average. And what does that mean? Why is that important? So I'll I'll give you the analogy. I gave you the analogy of, of what you're doing right now, which is dollar cost averaging. But the, uh, the example of you not doing dollar cost averaging would be uh, making your IRA contribution every April, right? Well, so let's say you're 45 and you put $6,000 in a year because you max out. 
but you wait until April every year to do it because mm-hmm. maybe you use part of your refund or maybe that's just the schedule that you're on. That is not dollar cost averaging. The benefit to doing that, you hope would be that the market will be at the lowest point of the year in April. But you don't know. You don't know. And actually, it's typically not. April's a fairly good month historically for the market, but it could work out in your favor, but over time it doesn't. So by dollar cost averaging, you're buying dips like we're occurring now, but you could also be buying at higher times, which is fine. But over time, it, uh, it averages out. And that's what you want. Mm-hmm. It, to be a successful investor, it's not about timing the market. It's about time in the market. So uh, dollar cost averages is something that we can do uh, not only in a bear market, but in all markets, but it, it provides extra value in a bear market because you're still buying. Right. Uh, and for Gen Xers, that's the most important thing right now. This market that we're in right now, honestly, is going to have very little impact on your overall retirement if you abide by these rules and you stay the course because it's going to recover. And your job is to be putting money in and doing so via dollar cost averaging is the best way to do it uh, when you're within your retirement accounts. Another thing that we should be doing is rebalancing our portfolios. And basically rebalancing forces you to sell your winners and buy your losers. And that may sound silly. Like, why would you want to do that? It's because each year, a different part of the market tends to outperform. It's, it's, I could give examples, but for the most part, not one asset group always does the best or the worst. So we can take advantage of that by rebalancing. Uh, if you don't rebalance your account, what's going to happen is your portfolio could experience what we call style and size drift. Style meaning, oh, is this a value stock? Is this a growth stock? And size meaning large cap, mid cap, small cap. Uh, so if you don't rebalance due to performance, your portfolio is going to shift. And over time, uh, this means that your portfolio might not resemble the original portfolio at all. And now it's got a different risk score associated with it. So something that is pretty easy to implement can have a big impact on your portfolio. And this strategy pairs very nicely with dollar cost averaging, right? Like a nice steak and a glass of wine. Uh, dollar cost averaging and rebalancing, they go hand in hand. And in terms of when you should do this, I advise my clients to do this on an annual basis. If you do it more frequently than that, you're not letting your your outperformers shine. You're cutting them off at the knees. Give them some time to grow. And your losers, they're not just going to turn around and be winners every quarter. Things in the market works more slowly than that. So on an annual basis is a good uh, time. Another thing that we can do. Now, this one is a little more complicated, so I'll take it slowly here. But for the right client, I recommend a Roth IRA conversion. What is a Roth IRA conversion? A Roth IRA conversion is taking a Roth IRA and, I'm sorry, a traditional IRA and converting it into a Roth IRA. Uh, This is more of a lateral move in terms of your portfolio to turn a taxable asset into a tax-free one. 
Now, we know that the market will recover in time. So what I mean by lateral move is you sell out of your- Your current IRA. Current portfolio. Yeah, current IRA. You have to pay income tax on the conversion because you're taking it out of it. And now you're putting it back into a Roth IRA and you buy back into the same portfolio. Okay? So it's a lateral move in terms of your risk. You're paying income tax on the current balance of the traditional IRA. Now you're- you invest it in the Roth, and now that asset is tax-free going forward. So there are some things to consider if this makes sense for you. First off, in a bear market like we're experiencing, it could be attractive because the market's down, your portfolio is down. So you're going to pay less tax on a depressed asset. You wouldn't do this in a bull market because you're paying taxes on a higher account balance. But when you see a quick drop like we've experienced here, it starts to become attractive. The next thing that you need to consider is your tax bracket. Uh, if you're a high income earner, it could be a lot more attractive than if you were a, a lower income earner. If you're not paying a lot of taxes, the benefit of the Roth isn't as great as if you're in a higher tax bracket. You also want to consider your age. Because you will have to pay taxes on the distribution of the traditional into the Roth or the conversion, you need some time to make up for that tax payment. So the younger you are, the more time you have to recover that and the more viable a conversion can become. You'd also want to talk to your, your accountant about that because uh, you, know, you're, you have to determine what your potential tax bracket would be for that year. So let's talk about that uh, tax payment and the impact that it could have. So let's assume that you're 45 and you're 20 years until retirement. And let's also assume that you make your $6,000 annual contribution. And let's also assume that you make a reasonable 7% annual rate of return over that period and your tax bracket stays the same, let's say 15%. In that scenario, at 65, if you did the conversion, you'd have $410,434 tax-free versus $439,457 taxable. Which would you rather have? That's a huge difference, really, when you come down to the taxes, yes. And IRAs yeah. are, I call them in 401ks, they're really tax ticking time bombs. That's a, uh, a mouthful, tax ticking time bombs, because the government, they delegate the, the taxes on these, right? They could change the rules. Right. They could change the rules. Let's say they need to bring in revenue. Well, you know, income brackets are going up. Now your $439,000 asset is worth even less. So getting it in a tax-free account can be huge, especially if you think you're going to earn more money in the future. So that is the power of the Roth conversion. Mm -hmm. Now, one more thing to, to consider is how do we pay these taxes? Now, you can have the account pay for it. So if you had 50000 and you're in 15% tax bracket, you'd have 7500 come out via withholding. You could do that. Or you could also pay it out of your pocket come April. 
given those two options, everything being equal, I'd rather pay it out of my pocket. So depending upon your financial situation in terms of your cash savings, if you can afford that, that would be the method I would recommend because you want to have that money stay in that account because it's tax deferred. And you can't necessarily make up a $7,500 contribution. That's effectively losing a year's plus worth of uh, contributions. But that can be a very powerful move in a bear market for the right client. And lastly, a lot of people talk to me about missed opportunities. I wish I did this. I wish I would have done that had I known. I get that. Now is a great opportunity for people who can put more money in to do so. Maybe you bump up your contribution level in your 401k, 1% to 2%, right? If you haven't gotten started yet in terms of planning for your future, now is definitely a good time because one, you haven't been impacted by this. Your money hasn't gone down by this and you're going to get to buy at a discount, a relative discount, because we can't predict the future, but you're buying at definitely a relative discount. So if you've been on the sidelines, you haven't gotten started yet, great time to do so. And if you're that person who's also been on the sideline trying to time this market, who was recently complaining about missing this bull market, here's your opportunity to get in, right? So uh, just because the market's down doesn't mean there's not opportunities to take advantage of, especially for Gen X. I want to reiterate that this current market that we are in, unless you're retiring in the next five years, it's not going to have an impact on your retirement. The impact, the, the market that has an impact on your retirement is the market that you're retiring in, not this one. Block out the noise, turn the news off, tell the neighbor you're not interested, talk to your advisor, get on the offensive, and don't panic. Take the emotion out of the equation. There are, these strategies can and will help you. If you do these, I'm pretty confident in two and a half years from now, if the averages play out, you're going to sit back and you're going to say, I did it. I survived and I made money. <laughs> wow. Easier said than done. I'm here to help. Your advisor's here to help, but there are strategies and this is how you survive and thrive in a bear market. Michael, how can listeners reach you? I'm sure this has brought up a lot of mm, questions, maybe some consternation thinking, I should have done this or I shouldn't have done this. What, how can they reach you and just kind of run it past you? Sure. So my first and foremost recommendation would be to subscribe and like the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Past episodes can also add value. Secondly, you could reach out to my website, www.genxwealthpartners.com. There's a bunch of tools on there, good information. Uh, you could also reach out to me via email, michael at genxwealthpartners.com. If you email me, I will get back to you. And you know, if we want to have a chat, we'll schedule up a virtual meeting and we can talk about uh, your emotions and your portfolio and how we can uh, survive and thrive in this bear market. So I encourage that. Time is to get on the offensive, not the defensive. Uh, don't 
um, make short-term decisions to make yourself feel better because in the end, those short-term, uh, you know, good feelings will, will dissipate mm-hmm. and you're going to have to live with the consequences uh, of, you know, making poor emotional decisions. And that's what separates good investors from bad investors. It's, it's making the tough decisions and not the ones that feel good necessarily. All right. As Michael says, follow or subscribe to this podcast. You'll know when the latest episode is ready and you can go back and listen to past episodes as well and share with friends and family. I'm Patrice Sikora. Thank you for listening to the Gen X Money Advisor podcast. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the hosts and or guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Gen X Wealth Partners. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your individual situation. Securities offered through Kestra Investment Services, LLC, Kestra IS, member FNRA SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Kestra Advisory Services, LLC, Kestra AS, an affiliate of Kestra IS. Gen X Wealth Partners is not affiliated with Kestra IS or Kestra AS.